All right, you guys. I'm going to do my absolute best to keep your attention. If you guys do your absolute best to give me your attention, okay? Deal? Um, so I was preparing for this talk tonight, Where's My Great Adventure? And I threw away most of my notes and felt like God wanted me to just share my adventure, kind of like um, our friend from Ambrose University. And uh, so I'm going to give a bit of my testimony. My name is Jeremiah, but you can call me Jerry if I'm your uncle. So no one can call me Jerry. Um, so I was born at a very early age. And um, I was actually blessed to grow up in a Christian family. I have 10 siblings in my family. I'm the middle of 11 kids. I have five older, five younger. And uh, I'm very selfless because of it, maybe. Um, I gave my life to the Lord when I was four years old. We were on a family vacation, and I thought it would be really funny to plug my ears during our family prayer time. Not a good idea. Um, but it was actually cool because then I felt the Holy Spirit's convicting, and I gave my life to the Lord. Um, Thirteen years old, my family started a music ministry, so we've actually toured all across uh, the North America. I've been in all of the lower 48 states and all the provinces. And um, I'll start my testimony because everyone who grows up in a Christian family, you can probably relate to this. You kind of live your parents' faith or your older siblings' faith. And then at some point, you have to hit your own difficult rock bottom. Then your faith becomes your own. Can anyone relate to that? Maybe some of you haven't gone through that. And... Um, me and my wife have been praying all day that God would do something really cool tonight. And God has a special word for each one of you tonight, if you're willing, if you open up your heart for tonight. Um, so I did music, didn't feel like that's what God had for me, at least doing touring as a musician. And um, I remember reading a verse in Matthew, no, First John. Thank you. First John 3.16. It says, By this we know love, because he laid down his life for us, and we also ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. But whoever has this world's goods and sees his brother in need and shuts up his heart from him, how does the love of God abide in him? My little children, let us not love in word or in deed, but in deed and in truth. And I remember reading that during my personal devotions. And I was thinking to myself, okay, I've seen the news, I've seen missionary clips, I know that there are people overseas in need, right? And that's a pretty stern word that says, if you know of somebody in need and you do nothing, how can you even be a Christian? That's very sobering. And that hit me really hard. So I, from that point, I had a really strong desire to be a missionary. And um, I started pursuing opportunities overseas. And uh, the Lord dropped this really cool opportunity to go live in the Amazon for almost two months, living with the Anamami Indians, building uh, houses for missionaries there. And I got to get to know the Yanomami culture. It was super cool. But I came back home and I thought I would go. I thought I was going to get culture shock living with a mostly naked tribe. But the culture shock was moving back to North America because that was the first time. In a long time, there was internet, there was all of my Facebook friends, there was Donald Trump all of a sudden, right? 
And, and my mind was over, I was p doing my taxes, paying credit card bills, and I was, I was very overwhelmed, and kind of hit my own, one of my own rock bottoms. I was trying to figure out if I could do a Bible college, didn't know how that would work, because then I wanted to enter New Tribes Missions, and um, I hit my own rock bottom. And um, at that point, was slowly starting to realize that overseas missions was not what God had for me. Um, I kind of did my own Bible college type thing at home. I downloaded a whole bunch of uh, theology books and Bible college level books on um, evangelism and such and such and such. And I actually created a massive wooden chess piece. The, the king is about that high. And I wanted to do something that was going to take tenacity, endurance, and I did this in winter, and I had tools breaking down. At, at some points, I had an axe in the bushes just chopping down wood. But as I did it, I listened to audiobooks. And um, eventually, God just had a burning on my heart that I was supposed to be a missionary, but not the type of missionary I was picturing. I was picturing overseas in the jungle, sweating like crazy, eating all the bananas I wanted, but actually... God was calling me to be a missionary in my own backyard. But what's crazy is God had to take me through this whole circle of what it is to be a missionary. Because when you're in the jungle with a, an Indian tribe, there's clear goals. Every day you wake up, this is what I'm doing. I'm, I'm reaching out to these Indians. I'm going to pour myself out in these areas for God, right? There's, there's a very focused energy that what we're doing is serving God. But in our own schools and in our own hometowns, we so easily lose that in our Christian life. We live, we live day to day um, not actually pursuing what the Spirit has for us to walk in or pursuing evangelism. And we kind of save those for, okay, if, if a kid walks away crying at youth group, then that's when I'll go do my spiritual good deed for the week or, or so on, right? So I had this conviction to start a youth ministry in my own hometown. And my dad had actually pastored in this small town of 500 people, it's foremost, for any of you who might know that small little dot. Yes, there's a few of you. Um, I had no clue what to do. We weren't affiliated with a church in foremost um, at the time. So I started a sports night. I was just like, okay, well, I was homeschooled and I barely knew anyone in the public school and that was a little intimidating for me. But we started a sports night, and I was uh, friends with some of the kids in the public school. So they were able to invite their friends. And it started out just as uh, Thursday night play sports, get to know the people. We weren't doing any, any preaching or anything. It was just get to know the people. And from that, that actually grew and grew and grew. We had like close to 45 kids some nights, and that's in a town of 500. And... Um, the Lord just continued to grow it. We ended up going to Ephraim's church. Sorry, I keep looking at Vera here because she is from our church and is part of our youth sometimes. And um, yeah, no, it's not because the youth is bad. It's because she lives like half an hour out into the middle of nowhere. Um, and from that, the Lord has been giving me so many opportunities to grow. And one of some of those little things are I, I went through a season of depression and anxiety. I struggled severely because when I started this youth ministry, I had to leave my family band. And I was so close to every single one of my siblings, so close to my mom and dad, I did not want to move out. 
And there's a verse in Matthew that says, whoever leaves father, mother, um, sister, brother, or wife, or lands for my name's sake, it will be paid a hundredfold. So this was a big step of faith for me because I had to move out of my mom and dad's house at the young age of 23. I had to go it on my own. Um, no, but I was actually going through that really tough time, and then all of a sudden, I'm living in a house all by myself. And that depression and, and anxiety would hit me at those times when you're alone. And I'm sure some of you guys here can relate to that. When you're alone, that's when Satan tries to get you. Um, and I, I remember seeking a spiritual high. I would go to youth, and I would do this talk that I felt like went really well. There was kids crying, and I would get a spiritual high. And then I'd get home, and I'd realize I can't live off this spiritual high. I need something more than that. And I, and I, again, went through this a new low. And I had to take a little uh, trip. And I actually visited friends that I went on that uh, mission trip with. And I remember reading. I downloaded audiobooks. Uh, who loves audiobooks here? Because honestly, you guys, if you're looking for something to do, download a Christian audiobook from christianaudio.com or whatever. And you can grow in your faith on a, on. on at your workplace or on drives. And um, the guy was sharing about burnout. He said, um, he actually told the story of when Jesus sent out the 70 and he sent them out two by two and he gave them power to trample on, on serpents and to cast out the demons in people. He gave them power to heal. He basically gave these 70 people superpowers and they went out and they did their mission trip. They came back and they're like, Jesus, we are stoked. Even the demons listened to our, our, our name, and we were able to heal the sick. We did all these incredible things. And guess what Jesus told them? He said, don't rejoice that you have these incredible gifts and powers, right? Because they're his. He said, but rejoice that your names are written in the book of life. And I came to a very sobering realization that if I put my joy in anything other than that my name is written in the book of life, I'm going to go like this with my emotions. And I still do that today. But that helped me so much to realize even some good things that I was seeking a high from were going to leave me low. Unless it was the one thing. Because you know what doesn't change? If, if I have someone die in the family or if I'm in the lowest low with depression or anxiety, my name is still written in the book of life. And what more to be stoked about in life than knowing and focusing and dwelling that our name is written in the book of life, that we get to spend the rest of eternity without depression or anxiety or hitting lows or hitting highs and then hitting a low, right? That to me, because I don't know about you, but when I'm in the lowest part of the afternoon, maybe a, a difficult time, I think to myself, okay, this evening I'm going to pour myself some Briars, cookies and cream, ice cream. I'm going to sit down, watch Netflix, do something fun, and then all of a sudden I get a little second boost. Does anyone do that in their head? Or kind of create something fun for you to do that evening. And then all of a sudden, boom. You're like, okay, I can do this. I can crush this 3 o'clock Monday, right? We can do that in the most incredible way when it comes to our names being written in the book of life. Isn't that incredible? Um, so that's, that's my story. That's where I'm at. I married this beautiful woman um, seven months ago. And... God has now given us our own journey. Yeah, you can clap. I think it's clap for yeah. um, And so now I'm, I'm, uh, we're actually working on a book on marriage. 
we uh, are completely over all the hard stuff. No, I'm just kidding. We actually are not. We, 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 we're still reading books on marriage. It's okay. I, I, I don't know everything, but what I don't know, my wife knows. Um, anyways, you guys have been phenomenally attentive. I uh, would love to show you an illustration that I saw a little while back. Um, in, 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 and this kind of goes to one of the things that God kept me occupied through my journey. Um, can we put Matthew, well, let your light so shine. Yeah. In Matthew 5, 16, it says, Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. One of the things that God really spoke to me with, with being a missionary and foremost was if I was in my basement, I wasn't letting my light shine. If I was spending my free time as me time, that wasn't glorifying God. And so God convicted me to get out of my house. Go be around non-believers. And there are times when you're younger and you may feel uh, that you need, you need to be more sheltered. Like my younger siblings, I don't want them around negative influences because they're growing. They're, they're very influenced by negative things at that age. But as a mature believers, which I hope all of us are, um, we are called to go into darkness, right? We can't stick to our own holy huddles. And so for me, practically, um, I, I started refing hockey. <laughs> and I've never played hockey officially. Um, started refing hockey because that was a way I could get to know the kids in our community and do a service for the community and get to know the parents of the kids that I want them to come to our youth group. And then I started umping baseball. And I've got some wicked bruises doing that, some battle scars. And uh, I started skating club with Vera, which was another awesome opportunity. And I'm not, I'm not trying to toot my own horn. I'm just saying these are things that God revealed to me. And he can reveal things to you just very similar to these things in ways that you can get out into your own community. Um, this, one of the hardest ones for me was, I was like, I want to get into our public school because there's a lot of oppression right there, a lot of, a lot of things attacking it with the new sex, sex ed education course, a lot of liberal things going on in, in a lot of the public schools, but especially our small town public school. So I started volunteering for hot lunches, um, basically just getting in there whenever I could. Um, and that was intimidating for me, but the kids, every time they saw me, they were like, whoa, there's a homeschooler in the public school, cool. Hi, Jeremiah. And it was, it was cool to see them relate. But anyways, the Bible says, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your fa Father in heaven. Now, this is kind of in a bad place because I want it to be further back. If you're seeing this light, it's not working super well. We are... If you guys can't see, it's worth standing up because none of this will make sense. And I'm sorry to you listening to this podcast. Uh, just know that there's a phenomenal illustration going on. Um, the Bible says that we're all vessels, whether for good or for evil. Okay? You're a vessel. You're a vessel. She's a vessel. I'm a vessel. All God's children are vessels. You are a vessel. <laughs> okay. So... The Bible says we're all vessels, but we're all born with sin. We're all born with evil desires. Because the Bible says we're constantly warring against our flesh and the spirit, right? We all, most of us admitted we would rather be laying in our beds resting tonight, right? 
that is our flesh. The, the spiritual side of us would like to be, um, wants to be learning about God. The spiritual side saying, I don't care how I'm feeling. I don't care my circumstances. God has something for me tonight. I want to hear what that is. And I so am praying that you guys can follow me because I don't blame you for being tired. Um, so we're born with sin. Um, we're born with evil desires. We are born sinful people. That is our nature. We are filled with sin from the moment we come um, into this world. Now, this represents Jesus. It represents uh, pure desires. It represents the desires like with me going into a public school or refing hockey. Those were good desires with good motives, okay? So I want you to watch closely what happens when Jesus comes into our life, all right? Wow, nothing happened, right? That's what happens to so many people in today's culture, in the North American culture. It is scary because what happens is they say, oh, I tried going to church or I tried going to youth group. My, my parents' life, my, my parents' marriage is still messed up. My grades are still bad or I'm still struggling with depression. I've tried Jesus. Nothing is changing in my life. Therefore, God does not exist or he doesn't care about me. He doesn't love me enough to actually change these difficult things in my life. I have been there, and I'm sure you guys have been there too. But do you know what? We have to get to a place where we want Jesus more than Netflix. We want Jesus more than our struggle with pornography. We want Jesus more than our desire to be cool at school, right? We have to get to a place where we just say, Jesus, I want you, and I want you to come and affect my life, right? So I'm going to keep going here for a little bit. So, and as we, as we let Jesus fill us, things start to peel off that, that we don't want in our life. Things start to come slowly. Uh, God changes our hearts. He changes our desires. And if I'm honest with you guys, this is where I have been at most of my life, if, if not today. Actually, I'm going to be honest with you. This is probably where I'm at today. Maybe that. <laughs> we we are, are, are believers. We have the Holy Spirit within us. We, we've seen what the Holy Spirit can do because he's freed us from this addiction or that, or that depression. We've seen what God can do in our life, right? We know he's real. We know we want more of him, but we don't want to give these up. We don't want to leave these up, right? And that's what my prayer for you guys tonight is that you guys are not content here. Because some would call this place a lukewarm Christian. And do you know that is the most scariest place to be as a believer? It's the one thing, it's the one place in the Bible where it talks about God vomiting up. And it says he vomits up the lukewarm believers because he can't even stand the taste or, or the, their attitudes, right? And so we need more of him. And whether, whether that's devoting things uh, or taking things out of your life, God wants more of you. I guarantee you guys, God wants more of you. So, 
this is not, no, no surprise to you guys, but when, when, we, when we commit ourselves, when we decide that going to church is more important than the Super Bowl or um, doing our devotions at night because we had to get up really early is more important than watching the next episode of Stranger Things, so on, so on. When we start making those sacrifices and when we say, okay, enough is enough, could you fill that up for me? Sometimes your wife needs to be a, a place, right? When, when we really start giving up things in our life, sorry about that, that's when Christ can truly shine through us, right? We aren't making a difference in this world when we're full of sin, when we don't look anything different than the next person beside us in class. Sorry about that. My light is so bright. I'm sorry. Maybe I'll go like that. Sorry. Is that better? Okay. You don't want to shine your light too bright. No, I'm just kidding. You do. Okay. All right. Um, what is so cool, guys, is we are all going to face persecutions in this life. The Bible actually promises that if you're a believer and you're committing yourself to the Lord, life's actually going to be harder. It says that narrow is the gate, or small is the gate, and narrow is the path that leads to heaven. Right? I think you, did I have that verse on here? Okay. Because narrow is the gate and difficult, that's a better word, is the way which leads to life and there are few who find it. Um, this probably should be good. Thank you, Ben. Um, and we're going to face um, temptation. Jesus faced temptation. We're going we're gonna to hit those very difficult days where we question our own faith. We're going to hit those days. But do you know what happens when, when we are so filled with the Holy Spirit and, and every single day we're topping off, right? We're, we're making sure every single day to get back to the endless supply of the Holy Spirit and His goodness and His faithfulness. When we're full with the Spirit, guess what happens when an insult hits you guys? It's a surface thing. Those, those temptations or those hard things, they don't, go, they don't go as deeply as they used to. They, they're a surface thing. Those, those insults are going to bounce off because we are hidden in Christ. We are now dead to ourselves, and we're filled with the Holy Spirit. And honestly, guys, that is such a cool place to be, is to forget about yourself. It's a hard thing to do, but it is such a cool place to be when you walk into a school and, and someone's making fun of you, and you're just like, I'm dead. Like, it's not me. It's, it's God. It's Christ living with me because we're called to die to ourselves every single day. Now, what happens, and this is, this is what I was doing wrong. When I was pouring, I was pouring out my life is what I, I believed. I was doing everything I could to serve the Lord and to get out of my house because I didn't want to be in my house alone. So I was always out saying yes to everything I could. But you know what I was doing? is I was going like that. I was trying to affect the people around me and the, and the, 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 the sin around me. I was going like that. And how long, how long is that gonna, that, that's gonna last? Not very long before you dry up and you are burnt out. Now, tonight's theme is a great adventure. And honestly, I could not pick a more, like the best adventure than serving God. It is the most fulfilling life you guys can choose. Um, so when we go to God every single day, I, I may need another one or I'm just going to show you. 
when, when we fill with God and we actually become a light to this world and we let Jesus just be the overflow, we never go dry. It's always. And if I were to keep pouring this, you can see it's slowly lifting these things around us. When we let Jesus flow into our life like a steady stream where we are faithful to him every single day to give up things in our life, it's the overflow of Jesus that lifts the people around you, that convicts the people around you. Because you may not need to say one word to your friends about the things that they're sinning. You just live your life the way you know Christ wants you to, and they're going to see what you're doing, and that's going to affect them. It's going to convict them because your light is shining in their face. <laughs> Sorry about that. Um, Milwaukee, guys. It's the way to go. This was not sponsored by Milwaukee. Um, you guys, thank you so much for your attention. I, I honestly uh, am so proud of you guys because I'm zonked. You guys have been working so hard serving God. And I, remi- I want to remind you guys, don't do this at SABC, okay? Even this last week, come to God. Even in the little bit of time you can, come to God. Let him fill you. And, and as he fills you, he's going to convict you of things. And, and come to him. Say, God, I confess that maybe even now I don't want to be praying to you right now. Maybe I don't even want to be reading my Bible right now. But God, I want more of you. I want you to come into my life. I want you to lift these things out of my life. Remove them from me. I'm going to get my wife up here. And um, we're going to close with a, with a couple songs. The first song is a song that uh, God used in my life. It's, who, who here has heard of Leland? It's called, the song is called Christ Be All Around Me. And um, you guys can all stand. Um, as we, as we sing this song, and then we're going to end with one more song as, as, a, as a praise, because we can live like this for free, guys. This doesn't cost anything but our devotion. And as we sing Christ Be All Around Us, I really want you guys to just close your eyes, think about what the lyrics are saying. Unless you don't know the words, then you should maybe look at the screen. But the biggest thing to closing your eyes, I don't want you looking at anybody else in the room. I don't want you seeing what the person next to you or how they're worshiping. I want it to be you and God in the room. Eliminate everybody else in this room. And I want you guys to pray this song that when you go home, your parents would see a difference in you. That your, your classmates would see a difference. Your brother or sister would see a difference in your life because you have allowed yourself to come to the endless well of supply of Jesus, right? So let's sing this song, Christ Bill Around You, and I'm going to shut this off. Um, goodbye, people. Can I pull this on? Yeah. Oh, it's kind of... <laughs>